Let's read together 1 Samuel chapter 29. In this chapter, David is rescued by the Lord from a huge dilemma of David's own making. Let's begin by reading the first eight verses. 1 Samuel chapter 29, beginning at verse 1. Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Then the princes of the Philistines said, What are these Hebrews doing here? And Achish said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of Saul, king of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. But the princes of the Philistines were angry with him. So the princes of the Philistines said to him, Make this fellow return, that he may go back to the place which you have appointed for him, and do not let him go down with us to battle, lest in the battle he become our adversary. For with what could he reconcile himself to his master, if not with the heads of these men? Is this not David, of whom they sang to one another in dances, saying, Saul has slain his thousands, and David is ten thousands. Then Achish called David and said to him, Surely as the Lord lives, you have been upright, and your going out and your coming in with me in the army is good in my sight. For to this day I have not found evil in you since the day of your coming to me. Nevertheless, the lords do not favor you. Therefore return now and go in peace that you may not displease the lords of the Philistines. So David said to Achish, But what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you, that I may not go and fight against the enemies of my lord the king? Let's begin our study of this chapter, 1 Samuel chapter 29, with some background notes. We saw in 1 Samuel chapter 28 that the Philistines had joined their various military divisions together and were planning on attacking Israel. Look back at chapter 28 and verse 1. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. We see from verse 1 of chapter 29 that the Philistines' staging area was at Aphek, possibly the same Aphek as the staging area in chapter 4 when the Ark of the Covenant was captured. We see that the Israelites were camped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. This was the same area of the Jezreel Valley, where Gideon and his men had camped about 180 years before this time, when Israel defeated the Midianites. But the results would be different this time, because King Saul had turned away from the Lord, and God had decided to remove King Saul and replace him with David. In fact, Israel's defeat and Saul's death had already been pronounced for the next day by the prophet Samuel in a most unusual event when King Saul consulted a witch at the village of Endor. God allowed the prophet Samuel to come back from the dead and communicate this bad news to King Saul. I'm reading 1 Samuel chapter 28, beginning at verse 15. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? And Saul answered, I am deeply distressed, for the Philistines make war against me, and God has departed from me and does not answer me anymore neither by prophets nor by dreams. Therefore I have called you, that you may reveal to me what I should do. Then Samuel said, So why do you ask me, seeing the Lord has departed from you and has become your enemy? 
and the Lord has done for himself as he spoke by me. For the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David, because you did not obey the voice of the Lord nor execute his fierce wrath upon Amalek. Therefore the Lord has done this thing to you this day. Moreover, the Lord will also deliver Israel with you into the hand of the Philistines. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. 1 Samuel 28, verses 15 through 19. Meanwhile, David at this point was in quite a dilemma of his own making. Remember, David and his men had gone down to King Achish and the Philistines for security reasons, in return for being a mercenary army for King Achish. Now David is obligated to fight for the Philistines against his own people. Look again at the first two verses of uh, chapter 28. Now it happened in those days that the Philistines gathered their armies together for war to fight with Israel. And Achish said to David, you assuredly know that you will go out with me to battle, you and your men. So David said to Achish, surely you know what your servant can do. And Achish said to David, therefore I will make you one of my chief guardians forever. And now chapter 29, verses 1 and 2. Then the Philistines gathered together all their armies at Aphek, and the Israelites encamped by a fountain which is in Jezreel. And the lords of the Philistines passed in review by hundreds and by thousands, but David and his men passed in review at the rear with Achish. Now David certainly doesn't want to fight against Israel, but if he doesn't, he could be wiped out by the Philistines. What a dilemma! And it's David's own fault. And that brings us now to our doctrinal or teaching points for 1 Samuel chapter 29. Doctrinal point number one. Moral mistakes of believers always result in greater problems. Moral mistakes of believers always result in greater problems. Now when we say moral mistakes, we mean mistakes in life that are sinful. We don't mean innocent mistakes that we all make like reading a road map the wrong way, or spilling a cup of coffee, or putting on two different colored socks. No, these are non-moral mistakes and not sinful. But moral mistakes involve not doing what we know we should do. It is doing what is wrong and therefore sinful. David made a moral mistake in not trusting the Lord and not asking the counsel of the Lord but instead going down to the pagan king Achish and the Philistines for security. This was a moral mistake. And look what it leads to. Bigger problems. David is now obligated to fight for King Achish with the Philistines against his own people. Now when the commanders of the Philistine army began to question the wisdom of Achish at this point, look at what Achish says in verse 3. Then the princes of the Philistines said, what are these Hebrews doing here? And Achis said to the princes of the Philistines, Is this not David, the servant of King Saul of Israel, who has been with me these days or these years? And to this day I have found no fault in him since he defected to me. Think of it. David serving a pagan king. Now do you see the lesson? David made the moral mistake of going to King Achish and the Philistines for security, and he ends up serving this pagan king. Moral mistakes of believers always result in greater problems. And look at what David says in verse 8 when King Achish suggests that David turn back. 
Verse 8, once again. So David said to Achish, but what have I done? And to this day, what have you found in your servant as long as I have been with you? That I may not go and fight against the enemies of my Lord, the king. Can you believe it? David actually referring to this pagan king as my Lord, the king. Now, even if David didn't really mean it, and it was all part of David's cover, it is just another aspect of the big dilemma that David has created for himself. Moral mistakes of believers always result in greater problems. This is a moral law in God's moral universe. There is not only the law of the harvest, you reap what you sow, but there is also the law of multiplication. You reap more than you sow. Hosea 8 verse 7 indicates that if you sow wind, you will reap the whirlwind. How true this is. Tell one lie, and you have to tell more and bigger lies to cover your tracks and your problems multiply. Cheat just a little bit in the area of sex, for example, and it will result in multiplied problems. Dishonesty in handling money will come back to hurt you. Just because you think some folks are getting away with it, don't be deceived. Moral mistakes of believers always result in greater problems. Doctrine point number two. God sometimes delivers believers from the consequences of their mistakes. God sometimes delivers believers from the consequences of their mistakes. Verses 9 through 11. Then Achish answered and said to David, I know that you are as good in my sight as an angel of God. Nevertheless, the princes of the Philistines have said, He shall not go up with us to the battle. Now therefore rise early in the morning with your master's servants who have come with you. And as soon as you are up early in the morning and have light, depart. So David and his men rose early to depart in the morning to return to the land of the Philistines. And the Philistines went up to Jezreel. How much you want to bet that David breathed a sigh of relief at this point? (laughs) You better believe it. The Philistine commanders brought pressure to bear on King Achish. They reminded him that this was David who had killed Goliath and was a hero in Israel. This was the David that they had sung about. Saul has slain his thousands and David his ten thousands. Suppose in the heat of battle, David decides to fight for his own people and turn on us, say the commanders. And so King Achish reluctantly told David and his men to leave the attack force and go back to Ziklag. David was delivered from this huge dilemma of his own making. God sometimes delivers believers from the consequences of their mistakes. Now we say sometimes because God does not always deliver us from the consequences of our moral mistakes. Our moral mistakes are eternally forgiven. Because Jesus died for all of our sins. But the consequences of our sins is a different matter. There are consequences to forgiven sin. But God is gracious. And he sometimes delivers believers from what could be very serious consequences of their moral mistakes. You know, as I look back over my life, I can remember a number of times where the Lord graciously delivered me from what could have been very serious consequences to my selfish decisions. What about you? God is gracious. 
God sometimes delivers believers from the consequences of their mistakes. Now, what about practical application from 1 Samuel chapter 29? Take the way of escape that God provides. Take the way of escape that God provides. God provided David a way of escape from his dilemma, and David wisely took it. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says that God provides a way of escape from any temptation or test of faith that we face. Let's read that scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And the word that's used here for temptation is the Greek word that can be translated temptation or test. No temptation or test has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation or test will make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. This certainly applies to the dilemmas and problems we face because of our moral mistakes. The Lord wants us to learn our lessons and get back on track in following him. In fact, he gives us all kinds of opportunities to turn around and go in the right direction. But some Christians don't take advantage of these opportunities. Some Christians would even rather continue going in the wrong direction for any number of reasons. Listen, there will be further problems ahead. Take the way of escape that God provides.